Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No this episode of the Managing Madrid podcast is brought to you by the Beverly Hilton. The legendary Beverly Hilton Hotel shines brighter than ever following a dazzling renovation. Their iconic guest rooms and suites reflect modern elegance with sweeping views of the Hollywood Hills and the city skyline. Stay among the stars. Hey listeners, if you're traveling to Los Angeles for Real Madrid's preseason game against AC Milan at the Rose Bowl on July 23rd, make sure to book your stay at the Beverly Hilton. You know what else you should do? You should make sure to come out to our show in Los Angeles and Dallas and Houston. Link to book your spot to our Houston show in July is in the show notes. We will have details for LA and Dallas soon, so keep your eyes peeled and your ears peeled, if that's even a thing to say, on the podcast. We will make that announcement pretty soon, in the next few days or so, so please keep it locked, and we will uh, publish details on those podcasts soon. But in the meantime, book your spot to the Houston podcast before July 1st, because prices go up after that. Coming up tonight is a podcast about the UEFA Nations League final and other things. Um, I also wanted to give much love to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day um, to your fathers and also to you if you're a father, to your grandfathers, just to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy today's podcast. I hope you had a great day. Love you all, and let's get to the show. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Tom's ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a late Sunday night edition of the Managing Madrid Podcast. I'm your host, Keon Sabani, here after two, three days of running after my kids in a cottage. It was a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Came home to um, some Father's Day shenanigans with 
myself and my dad and uh, a couple of other dads in attendance. And we kind of watched the Spain-Croatia UEFA Nations League game in the background. I did not, you know, sit down there with a pen and paper and looking at stats and all that stuff. So this is not going to be a huge, serious analytical podcast. It's just going to be something to give you guys in on your RSS feed. So on Monday morning, when you head off to your commutes to work or when you're cooking and you you miss us and you don't have anyone else to listen to, we're here for you. We're here. Ewan McTeer joining me after 1 a.m. in Madrid from his apartment. How are you doing, Ewan? How's your energy levels right now? Good. I mean, I think the season's over now. I think Danny Carvajal ended it finally this season, that the, the longest season in a, a long, long time. Um, I think it's finally over, although kind of thought it was over before the Nations League and it just kept going and going, extra time penalties. I think we're finally over. So, um, Are you sure? Good. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they now tell us there's some, I don't know, Super Cup in July we forgot about or something. I don't know. There's so, always something. I have a funny story about this. <laughs> um, that last Real Madrid game at the Bernabeu, the one where Benzema gets subbed off, you know, which feels like three one. years yeah. ago now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the athletic game. Um, I, I told everyone in my family, like, this is the last game of the season. You know, yeah. I won't like it just kind of eases up from here on. And like there will be like the odd transfer here and there that I'll really have to work. But it's I won't be bound to a schedule. And then the week after it was like, oh, guys, hey, I forgot about this. There's like a Castilla Classico. I got to watch this. Like, what? I thought yeah. it was over. Like, yeah, so did I. And then like. Today we were like, it was like Father's Day. I was like, what? What are you watching this for? I was like, well, let's just treat this one as it's just a fun thing to do. You know, this is just a fun thing. Like people around the world are watching football right now. Let's not. It's not work. Let's just watch this. So, I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow there's something. I will say tonight mm-hmm. at eight thirty p.m. Eastern, a massive, massive game: Con- Concacaf Nations League final, Canada versus USA. Hmm. You want to stick right. around? It never ends. The That's football, in about an hour. You want to stay awake for that one? The football never ends, Kian. <laughs> um, there's like an old um, anything, anything, any friendlies left? Uh, there's qualifiers. Um, yeah. which as a Scott is good fun just now. We just beat Holland, and uh, we have I saw that nine points. We're eight points. Odegaard had a salty quote ahead of Holland. We're six points ahead of Spain. We might, we might go to a tournament. But even I'm like, you know, I, I watched it yesterday with other Scottish people here in Madrid. I don't know if I had the energy. Just the football needs to stop. We need to have a break. <laughs> it's got to be the only sport that is just nonstop, 365 yeah. days a year. It's yeah. just, it just stretches out. Um, preseason, by the way, starts next month. Oh, no. <laughs> you oh, know, no. like it, in in about one month's time, actually mm-hmm. literally in one month, Real Madrid will be in Los Angeles. So. It's never ending. All right. (laughs) Let's stop being so negative, Ewan. Um, Football. Football is great. It brings everyone together. We love the sport. We love what we do. Mm -hmm. So from a Real Madrid perspective, it was potentially you could have had four Real Madrid starters. You only had one. Luka Mortar started for Croatia. On On Spain's bench, Nacho, Fran Garcia, and Danny Carvajal were there. Um, If you want, you can count Jose Lu kind of because he's imminent, it seems. Uh, but Jose Lu also came off the bench, and Fran Garcia did not get off the bench. I, maybe we can start there. I thought that was interesting. Um, do you think he should be getting more minutes than he has been? No. Like, mm, he was called up to the squad because 
Juan Bernat got injured. So, like, this always happens where someone gets injured and you call up a replacement, especially fullback positions or a position where a, there's a clear starter. Uh, if if the backup or the is, is out injured now and you're there clearly to be the second choice uh, left back because if you were rated higher, you would have been in the original squad, then you know you're not going to start. And in his case, even less so because uh, De La Fuente made a thing of Jordi Alba as the captain for this tournament and is basically probably his last um, important games of Spain. So I was not surprised he didn't get any minutes. I'm sure Frank Garcia knew he probably wasn't going to get off the bench maybe uh, maybe in some extra time or some injury, but I think he knows that he's just happy to be in the Spain squad and learn from these guys, form part of the group, that he will be part of the group, I'm sure, in the future. But I don't think him or anyone should be too surprised that um, he didn't play in these games. It's only two two opportunities anyway, and Jordi Alba was the, the kind of captain for this one, so not a big surprise to me. I imagine, you know, Frank Garcia is obviously a player for the future. Jordi Alba is... Kind of at the tail end of his career. There's, I yeah. suppose, there's plenty of more time. This might him. have been his last game for Spain. I mean, you know, yeah, probably was. Um, <clears throat> good way to go out lifting the trophy. <laughs> good way to go out for him. Brutal way for Modric if it's his last mm. national. Mm-hmm. I felt. Sa- I, I'll be really honest with you. I felt sad for him. I just like mm-hmm. he, Croatia have come close so many times. And I honestly, I felt like the way this was going, it's like, oh, Croatia, extra time, penalties. This is what they do. They grind out. They want to play the long game, which is also <laughs> crazy to think because of how much age they have, how much mileage yeah. they have on the field to actually be able to sustain it. But I was like trying to explain it to my family watching. I was like, this is Croatia. Just play an extra time every game. It's every, <laughs> like this back-to-back UEFA Nations League extra time. And then you had the World Cup, and then the World Cup before that, it was all extra time. And uh, just a lot of mileage on Modric. Like, but he's come close so many times, Ewan. And tonight, like, I don't know if there's anything else he could have done. I mean, he had, looking at his numbers, he had 11 of 14 long balls, 86 touches, 86% passing accuracy, scored his penalty in the shootout. Felt really gutted for him. You know, I don't know. I was leaning towards rooting for, for Modric in this one. Yeah, I mean, like they've come so close. I mean, they're like uh, they're like the boxer that never gets knocked out. They always go the twelve rounds and at least make you make a points decision. And maybe they win, maybe they lose, but they're always um, still standing at the end, take you to extra time or penalties. And you know, um, I mean, this is the thing where you kind of felt like Nations League is maybe the trophy that Modric wins with Croatia, and Croatia would have loved it. You looked at the stadium; ninety percent of the fans there were Croatians. It was. Croatia really cared about it because, and I kind of love these tournaments, you know, like the Conference League that they've created. You saw how much that meant to Roma, how much that meant to West Ham. You saw the Nations League. Okay, the first two um, were won by, you know, um, Portugal and and France, nations that have, you know, won big tournaments recently. Spain as well, you know, they know what it's like to win. It's not like (laughs) I'm having to close the, the windows here because there's dancing in the streets in Madrid. You know, there was a few shouts from uh, some, some nearby apartment, um, you know, on my street, but you know, nothing like crazy. These are countries that are used to winning these things. But for Croatia, this kind of tournament would have been, you know, celebrated as much as a World Cup or Euros because uh, just winning and getting some hardware for all that they've done the last decade, the Modric decade, would have meant something. And to me, it's they didn't win it, but it's a kind of justifies the nation's league a little bit to me that 
um, you do actually give this extra hope to all the Croatians that went to to Rotterdam for this game. And uh, yeah, if they'd won it, would have been would have been would have been limbs, but uh, not quite. Another another runners up medal. Twenty years from now, how important is the Nations League? Like, what do we look at it as? Do we look at it as some like? Do we really value this trophy? Or is I think it the big of... countries don't. I think the big countries probably probably don't. But that's the thing is, you know, even for example, like you know, um, Netherlands have been to a final. If they win, like the countries that are not your top top um, tier, your France, your like, Spain, but even then they've not won for eleven years. Even Portugal, they had won Euro twenty sixteen, but I think them winning the Nations League. You could see what that meant to Cristiano Ronaldo when he won the Nations League as well. It's you know if you're if you're not France, Germany, maybe a couple others, maybe Spain and Italy are in that category. If you're not one of the favourites for every Euros, you know international football is hard. There only are two trophies and they're only given out every two summers. Um, it's hard to win a trophy at international level because there's only uh, a Euros or a World Cup or a Copa America and a World Cup. So having more trophies and more chances for a great team like Croatia to to actually get some hardware at the end of a great decade, I'm all for that. Uh, I, I don't think it should be, maybe that's a different discussion, I don't think it should be in June. I think the season's too long. We're all uh, just waiting for the season to end. It's It's gone on too long. Thank you, Danny Carvajal, for ending the season with that spot kick. Um, I'd love if the Nations League was played in like the September break or something. Everyone's a bit more fresh. I think it's not fair on a lot of the footballers who imagine uh, playing in some leagues that finished in the middle of May. Like this is their first games in four weeks and they've got to kind of sort of be in limbo, can't quite go on holiday, aren't in the Champions League final, aren't in the FA Cup final. They're sort of just waiting around for this. Uh, I think it's unfair in the footballers to put this right here when it should be their proper downtime. But I do like the I do like the tournament because you know the more trophies, um, the more chances for for the non huge uh, teams to to win something, uh, the better. <laughs> the, the net positive is more happy fans and players. So like, who can really be a, a Scrooge and be like uh, against the idea of more joy in the no, football world? Yeah, actually, like you know. I, I complain about the schedule all the time, but I will say mm. I'm all in favor of anything that makes the stakes higher mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. putting an importance of the on the game because like this ultimately is way more entertaining than friendlies, right? Yeah, yeah, it's replaced friendlies basically. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's basically what it's done. And I mean, like, I'm a huge fan of the conference league. I love that idea because mm -hmm. I think not only like you know we saw with the final this year was amazing. But it also, beyond the tournament of the Conference League itself, it makes the leagues more more yeah. interesting. Because before there was a problem of like, you know, if you're in mid-table, if you're not getting to Europe and you're not getting relegated, what do you have to play for at the end of the season? Exactly. But now there's actually like an urgency to win those, you know, final games of the season. And there's no longer this like period where some teams are in limbo, like on this treadmill, have nothing to play for. So I think it's all been all, all good. And the Nations League isn't, you know, entertaining. What was that? Spain, France? final when was that when Benzema scored uh, yeah two years ago yeah that was awesome that was really entertaining yeah. so uh I think I think the nation's league has ultimately been a net positive uh the game back to the game itself you mm -hmm. mentioned Carvajal ending the I mean mm -hmm. a fitting way to end because all of those Spain penalties except for the Laporte one were all so well executed 
was there anything different? Like I've seen some theories already, but did you feel like there was a like what was the reason Spain's body language in this PK shoot that was so much better than the the World Cup one? I mean, maybe when I Simon didn't uh, <laughs> share his his secrets. Did you see this? The thing that came out recently no. where Bono, um, the the World Cup shootout, Morocco Spain. Bono said, um, you know, uh, he. Unai Simon had on you know a piece of paper all the Morocco penalty takers where they tend to go, and he put it behind the goal and said to Bono, "Look, come on, like don't don't be reading that, please. You know, I'm just going to put it there, and I won't read your list." Very naive, and then basically Bono was behind the goal, being <laughs> telling all the players as they're coming up, "Hey, whatever your preferred side is, like he knows, so um, you know, go the opposite way." Mm. Uh, maybe Unai Simon learned a little bit from that, although it did take him until I think the fourth penalty to save one. Because it was a great it was, save. Who, who scored the third Spain penalty? Was that uh, Rodri? Could have been Rodri. It or was. Sencio. And whoever it was that scored that one then went to... It was uh, Mar- Mikel Marino. Mikel Marino, this was it. You're right, yeah. Mikel Mar- Marino. Um, and he goes over to Naisimon and basically says, like, it's your turn now. Like, we've scored three in a row. Big pressure. We're going second. It's up to you now. And then he he duly goes and starts saving penalties. So um, I don't know. Um, yeah, you're right. The body language seemed a bit different. Um, I mean, I think it just helps when you start, when you, you're putting them in the top corner, your own penalties, that gives the goalkeeper confidence too. So, um, And that's the thing, like Spain not only scored their penalties, they were emphatic, top corner, a few of them, or Panenka's, um, you know, high risk, high reward kind of penalties. Even Laporte's one, you know, um, if it goes in, we're talking about how good it is. It's you know a couple of centimeters. They were very clearly not doing little roll it into the corner. They were, you know, don't give the goalkeeper a chance, and we'd rather the post or crossbar saves it than the goalkeeper. So um, uh, yeah, worked out in the end. But it's a lottery. These things could have absolutely gone the other way. So the the Carvajal penalty, um, I there's actually I haven't done zero research to actually fact check this. I I tweeted it. Might not even be true, but it's got to be the second. It's true. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it's factual. It's written down. It's uh, it's set in stone. (laughs) Carvajal's Panenka penalty must have been Mm -hmm. the second time a Real Madrid player in history has scored a Panenka penalty in an international final. Mm -hmm. The first one, obviously, being Zinedine Zidane. Mm -hmm. You actually are much better at digging these little details better than I am. Do you want? Is there any way to debunk that or prove it's true? I mean, you can go back and check penalties. I've not done that either. So I'll just trust A lot you. of work. Yeah. Yeah. Going based on memory. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. You know, you did remind me of the uh, the the Benzema and Ramos PKs of the past too. Um, mm-hmm. Ed tweeted this, Eduardo Alvarez. He said that, do I have the, did I keep the tab open? He said, uh, yeah, he says, quote, little known fact, Carvajal is more than a decent penalty taker. He used to stay with Sergio Ramos after training sessions with him yeah. and bet against him. And he won more often than Ramos did. Did you know this? Yeah, yeah. Like they yeah, like they were proper like betting, like I don't know what it was, like 100 euros or something. Yeah, I remember that story at some point. Um, I don't know who won or not because they'll probably both tell you uh, they won. I don't imagine Ramos is admitting he lost that. But yeah, I remember that something like that, that they used to bet each other. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, Spain things. I know you tweeted about the fact that um, there are 10 La Liga clubs represented in mm. the Nations League squad tonight. <clears throat> Athletic, Atletico, Barca, Espanol, Rai Vallecano, Real Betis, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Sevilla, Villarreal. It's cool to see that diversity. Um, it's cool on the timeline. You go through and you're seeing all these clubs tweeting about their guy winning the, um, winning the trophy. And I was like, how? Oh, like that's actually quite a variety of clubs. Let, let me check how many exactly. Yeah. yeah, ten, ten La Liga, sixteen La Liga players in the squad uh, from ten clubs. Like that's it's a bit of a shift from previous squads. A lot more Premier League players in previous squads. A lot more condensed to Barca, Madrid. Maybe Sevilla or you know whatever the informed team of the time is Atletico. Now it's a lot more spread out. You know, How, where do you see? I mean, it's been. I mean, we barely have a sample size. That is it, like four game, four or five games under De La Fuente. Four, four. Yeah, there were the two games in March. I think it was, and then these two. Way too early to tell. But do you see a clear direction or any improvements necessarily over Lucho? Or or anything that you wanted to note, like differences, um, distinguishing factors, anything? Like really no. Like I think this Spain team is has been worse. Um, but they win. And that's I kinda tweeted about this towards the end of the the Italy game. And I tweeted, you know, like <laughs> Spain are finally gonna win a trophy, aren't they? Like playing not that well. Um they've had points in the Italy game where they played well, they had points in this game where they played well, they had points where they played really terribly. I know and was was delighted by it, but they also played absolutely awfully against Scotland. Even the game that they won yeah. against uh, Norway, they were not good. This three nil, um, you know, uh, was was um, flattering a little bit. This is a very strange Spain project. The sacking of Luis Enrique immediately afterwards was a bit strange. Hiring De La Fuente was a bit strange. Um, it kind of felt like playing to the gallery, playing to the media. And from what we've seen, they've won a trophy, but I don't know. Uh, I think he has credit in the bank now. He'll be able to 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 see this through to the Euros. But if, to answer the question of do I think this is an improvement on the Luis Enrique Spain, I don't. I don't think it is. I don't know if it's worse. I don't know if it's better. I just. I, it's um, yeah. It's it's not. It's not. A particularly amazing Spain team. It's just that they happened to win two games, one of them in the last minute against Italy and one of them on penalties. And it's that's kind of typical, I think, of football sometimes where you might have a, a better, um, more organised, more impressive team and they they just don't win. And then <laughs> a little a fluke here and there and they can win a trophy and uh, 
it suddenly justifies a whole project. You saw Ruby Alice was was delighted on the post-match interviews and everything with his choice. And it's like, yeah, you have won a trophy, but I don't know if um, if the process really uh, uh, is the right one. But we'll find that out after more than four games. Well, today's game was pretty even, I'd say. I mean, like I, both of these teams had really great chances. I don't they both think... had spells. It was it was a really back and forth, like a good twenty minutes from Spain, good twenty minutes from Croatia. It was yeah. a back and forth game that way. Yeah, it was. Um, the XG was pretty even too. I think one point seven three, one point one six for Croatia, one point seven three for Spain. So, uh, yeah, there were different spells. I think like the first half was kind of cagey, but. You know, again, as you said, there were momentum swings. Spain, like towards the end of, uh, you know, towards the end of extra time, had a little bit of momentum. But I, I don't know. I think it was, uh, pretty even, all things considered. That Scotland game you mentioned was pretty jarring for Spain. Like that was Scotland were, that was a absolute bloodbath. That game. I feel like this Spain team has the ability to be really bad but also the ability to go toe-to-toe with anyone in Europe. You know, it's kind of weird like that. They are kind of missing the traditional superstar. They don't really have that guy. I mean, who's the... I yeah. mean, the one I can think of right now is, like, Rodri looks great. Yeah. Um, no, he's 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 amazing. Pedri, too. And I guess we should give... Everyone um, healthy. We should uh, be fair to Dale Fuente. He's not had Pedri yet um, at all. So, you know, we can... What's the update with them? He hasn't played football in a while, it, it sounds like. He... Um, no, he came back for a bit. He kind of they took it easy towards the end of the season, you know, like properly rehabbing Pedri. So, um, you know, hopefully the good news. I mean, this was a guy that what was it? He played like 70 something games one season, the Olympics yeah. year. And I think, um, Barcelona and Spain have learned a lesson from that and, um, uh, given him this time off to to rehab and, and come back strong for the next season, which I think is he's earned that. So, you're right. Like he's he is that kind of differential player who could be the guy that um, him and Rodri together. I mean, you're starting to talk about one of the best uh, midfields in, in international football if you have both of them at the same time, which we haven't seen enough of. Um, but yeah, like every every international team has uh, injuries. You know, it's. Um, you're right. I think you described it well. It's a team that can go toe to toe with anyone, but also they can be bad or they can be good on the day. But um, yeah, it's uh, to win a whole tournament, you need to be, you need to be more than just competitive to win seven games and win a tournament. This was two games. You can do that uh, to yeah. go all the way in a Euros or World Cup. It's totally different. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, do you have anything else on this game that you wanted to uh, bring up? Um, so yeah, as you said, the Real Madrid players, not too much we could say. Um, Nacho Carvajal had that just, one amazing tackle. Um, well, Na- Nacho, Nacho got like Nacho's game was interesting. That not long after he came on, he got in- injured and was yeah. properly hobbling. Um, even moved him to right back for a moment, moved him back to centre back, um, trying to work out how to how to get through that extra time with with Nacho injured and, and no changes left. Carvajal, just uh, one other kind of Carvajal story. Um, he did the the post match interview. Well, they interviewed almost everyone, but um, he did one of the post match interviews, and um, oh, you must be delighted, whatever. He said, "Well, actually, like this was like the first final that I've had where I've not been a starter. Like he's never not started a final. I mean, for Spain, um, 
Like that's not been um they've not been to finals really. But um with Real Madrid he's talking about he always starts the finals, the Champions League finals, Copa del Rey, whatever. Um so he said that he felt really uneasy what to do and he asked to give a speech in the dressing room before the game. So he gave a speech to the starters and he was saying, you know, he said he got a bit emotional and almost couldn't finish the speech. Um so that was kind of his subtle contribution, like he felt he should do something because he wasn't going to be there from the start. And um uh, must have been a strange feeling for him, and well, I guess in the end he kind of got to be there for the the photo finish when it matters and be the the hero. Um, if he'd started the game, there's no way he's playing to minute 120. So um, yeah, um, ended up being a good night from him. From what you kind of got the sense that he was um pretty much saying that he <laughs> kind of went into this game feeling a bit down that he wasn't starting. So um, worked out for him. Nacho got came on, got injured, won it, and um. Who else was it? Frank Garcia didn't play and also Luis Asensio. You can decide if they're Real Madrid players or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Carvajal also in his celebration, now that you mentioned the post-game interview, which I hadn't seen until you told me, but his celebration also matches that feeling. He, he didn't go crazy or anything. He just kind of stood yeah. on the spot, pointed to someone in the crowd. I don't know who. Even but... the interview was very calm, cool, collected, like like the kind of guy that wins Champions League, you know. But, yeah. You could tell that, actually, from a lot of the veterans, like Jordi Alba, too, and, and some of the guys that have been there before were, like, I think a lot happier for the younger guys than for themselves. You know, Jesus Navas was another one, and, you know, I think they're, they sort of feel like some of the guys, even the guys now, late 20s, that just missed the golden era of Spain but have been, you know, impressive. Uh, guys like Murata or whatever who have been, you know, loyal servants, I think some of the veterans were like, these guys deserve a, a moment like this. Um, so, yeah. Felt, felt nice, like they were loose. Nice moment. Like it, they they were loose. I feel like they were playing with less pressure than Croatia is what it felt yeah. like. I mean, even like Jordi Alba, like joking with Luka Modric before the game. Remember remember Jordi Alba and Chiellini? Chiellini, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, still, I sometimes I just randomly think about that during my day. I'm like, man, that was such a weird, weird moment mm-hmm. where Chiellini was so, so like... Just trying to joke with him, and Alba was just so like I don't know what he was just all stiff and like, yeah, wanted none out of it. It was a very strange interaction. Um, yeah. I just wanted to highlight again, Nacho. Obviously, you know he's hobbling around, he gets injured, but I think it gets injured from that one goal saving tackle on on Meyer. Yeah, I don't know where he got injured, but yeah, you're right. It might have been from that. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Casillas saved a penalty today on Kuna Aguero in the in the. Uh, ah, yeah, I saw Kingsley. that. Yeah, like the American dribbling up and shooting penalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Unai Simon has now saved more uh, penalty shootout penalties than Casillas. He has a new record. Mm. Was Casillas in his Spain career saved five? How many has uh, Casillas penalties? been in? Two thousand eight. Mean, maybe not that many, to be honest. Um, although probably about the same as Simon. I think Unai Simon has been in. Three now, maybe four. There was um, that one against Ireland in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, there was what was the one on the was it Paraguay? Um, or maybe that was in the 2010. Game. Yeah, there was 2008 um, versus Italy. 2010, there was mm-hmm. one, and then I thought I think there was actually one or two in the early. Yeah, he was in a few. You're right. I don't know the percentage, but because uh, he has had the record five penalty saves and. In shootouts, and Unai Simon went from four to six tonight. Mm. So, um, yeah, he's. Um, I think he's cemented himself as as number one, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy for him because he um, going full circle the Croatia game in the Euros. 
where he let in that that own goal in like the start of the game. Uh, that was a big moment of is he is he given this back, given up this chance, and and now he's absolutely the the hero. So um, yeah, shame for Modric, I think, but um, from like a Spanish um, national team perspective, like the first like it's been a while since they've had not even just a tournament win, but just it's been a while since they've had like a a moment like that. So um, yeah, happy for a bunch of the guys on on that team because. Um, a lot of them have never won not one with Spain before, so there you go. Um, switching gears to fully Real Madrid discussion. Mm-hmm. Fan base is currently melting down, losing their minds because there's that video circulating of Florentino signing some autographs. A fan asks him, will there be more signings after Jose Lu and Florentino Perez says no. Is he is he just trolling in that moment? Like, just you know, is he is he telling the truth? What do you think? I don't think he's telling the truth. I don't think he's revealing his transfer plans to a fan on the street. Um, he's smart enough to know that every one of these videos is is being filmed. There was a one what like two weeks ago when someone asked about Mbappe and he said, you know, uh, not this year, next year. This was before the whole. Mbappe later. Right. He knows he's been filmed with all these things. I think he's just having a bit of fun with some fans. Um, <laughs> the last thing he's going to do is say, yes, there's more signings because when you then turn up at the negotiating table with whoever that signing is, um, you you seem a little bit more desperate or, or you know, if it's, it's a good position for Real Madrid to be in if they can sort of give off the pretense that their business is done and that they're only going to um, buy your player if... Um, you know, if you give them a good deal. So um, I wouldn't read too much into it. We've seen a lot of Florentino videos over the years saying things that were true, untrue. I don't think he's lying. I just don't think it's um, uh, the kind of setting where he's truly really uh, revealing his his transfer plans. Uh, good. So I'm not the only... I, like, I thought I was going crazy. You don't, think... you don't read much into this either, do you, Ian? No, I... First of all, like I think it's always best to underpromise and overdeliver. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in that <laughs> strongly. Uh, I also don't like. There's a lot of people who are like, "Oh, this guy's an absolute idiot. The club's in terrible hands." Like, there's a lot of this just because of this video, mm-hmm. and I'm and I think it's hilarious that like if he had have said yes, they would have celebrated. And yeah. what if he didn't sign anyone after saying yes? Um, yeah. I just don't. I just don't think that this is a definitive thing, like a definitive truth. No. Having said that, I would be disappointed if we didn't sign anyone after Jose Lu, because I think there are obvious needs in the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just not reading too much into this video is all I'm saying. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, how many times have we seen like people who are clearly like in the in the know, like just get things wrong. Remember that time when Zidane said that Bale is leaving to China and then he stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There were so many, there's yeah. been so many instances of like either a coach or someone like saying someone, something that or is a communicado official that says something that actually then in two or three weeks is not true. You know, like if you're right, like if um, some statements in official, official settings are not even, um, you know, promises, fully guaranteed promises, uh, comment, a, a two-letter comment on the street to a fan is not, um, you know, uh, written in stone promise of 
the entire summer transfer strategy for a window that hasn't actually officially opened yet. Yeah. Um, so let's just <laughs> let's just wait. Let's just wait to see how it unfolds. Uh, okay, we're gonna wrap it here. Uh, Ewan, thanks for a little bit of your time on a no late worries. Sunday night. Appreciate you. And we will. Uh, what is it today? Uh, we actually do a podcast tomorrow morning. Um, so we'll do. Uh, stay tuned for that as well. But yeah, Ewan, thanks so much, man. I appreciate your time. No Take care. Peace. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And before we sign off here, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. It's been an absolute honor getting to know you guys and seeing this Real Madrid family grow. And you guys are a big part of it. And we wanted to thank you. And we also wanted to give a shout out to our $10 plus patrons specifically because if you pledge $10 or more, not only do you get access to our entire back catalog, Plus, guaranteed responses to all of your questions, but you also get a specific shout-out on the podcast. So, shout-out to these $10 plus patrons as follows. Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Wei Pering, Wamik Jamal, Tobias Royal Botcher, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Demala, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Samuli Justin, Samer Z, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Diafari, Oscar Barrera, Omar Barawani, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Masariego, Naveen Babu, Ramesh Babu, Mowgli, uh, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Osorio, John Fernandez, Jeff Soa, Jason Fitz, Jacob P., Ian Marley, Howard Moore, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, S.A. Davisito, Ernesto Gutierrez Vargas, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Connor McMorrow, Christian Toff, Christian Acosta, Brennan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L, Anthony Tharp, Anirudh Singh, Andres Silvestre, Ananya Kumar, Alex Steiberg, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. You guys rock. Thank you so much. And hala marid. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.